Crimson Tower Studios. Welcome to the Old World Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay and the original podcast to bring you both discussion and actual play in 4th edition. I'm one of your hosts, Lance, and tonight I'm not only joined by my co-host Steve and Matt, but we're also joined by a very special guest tonight. Welcome to the show, the Lord of the Underdeep, Nolan LaRock. Uh, Nolan is one of our patrons who pledged at the Underdeep level. So welcome, Nolan, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. Glad to be a part of this. I've uh, been looking forward to this all week. Awesome, awesome. How is everyone doing today? I'm doing pretty good. You know, not too bad. It's a good day. Good, to, good to have you back on, Steve. It's been a little while. Yeah, little it sure has. It's been a little uh, crazy. My schedule has cleared up just a little bit, so uh, I'll awesome. be around more. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about some of that. Man, I want to talk about the game we just played, honestly. It's so... Yeah, we just got done recording a, uh, an actual play episode that... You'll probably hear in a couple weeks from now from weeks, the recording yeah. of this, yeah. but uh, there was definitely we got pretty deep into the uh, bleeding, unconscious, uh, critical hits, broken, broken. Uh, yeah, Stop. it's just as a little <laughs> teaser for you, right? Awesome. So, Nolan, this is the part of the episode where you get to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. You'll be joining us for several episodes, and I'm sure our listeners would love to learn more about you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your gaming experience in general and with uh, specifically with Wolfrup. Oh, actually, a lot of my experience that I have been doing have been more uh, Dungeons and Dragons and Shadowrun. Uh, me and some of my other friends have actually just did a session last night in Shadowrun. So. But I actually have no experience in uh, Warhammer Fantasy. The only real like lore and all that that I know of is from uh, Total Warhammer's game. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. We have a lot of listeners that talk about Total War. Yeah. yeah. My my first introduction <laughs> to anything in the Warhammer universe was Dawn of War. And then oh, from really? there was other there were other games too. I actually just downloaded a game for my phone called uh, Warhammer Conquest. It's like a it's one of those uh like mobile real-time strategy games. Really? Where you're like building up okay. a keep and and uh you know This is for fantasy or stuff. 40k? Fantasy. Huh, Why nice. do I not know yeah, about I don't this? Know yeah. God. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting. I started it and it it's a it's for a phone, for a mobile game, it's super complex. They throw a lot at you right away. Really? So I haven't had a chance to like mm. sort it all out yet, but Well that's on it's my, definitely one that I'm that's on my list now. Yeah. <laughs> so before we move on to, to what we've been up to, first we'd like to thank our amazing Patreon backers. Their generous donations helped to make this show possible. I would like to thank Sam Hutchings. Thank you. Thank Sam. you, Sam. Yes, thank you, Sam Hutchings. We really appreciate it. Another wonderful patron is Gary Danette. Gary, you are awesome. Thank you so much for your support. Gary, you, Gary with with two R's, so you're really great. No? Okay, that's <laughs> wow. terrible. That's yeah. just terrible. I'm sorry, Gary. Never do that again, Lance. <laughs> right, never. <laughs> Sam's been with us for a while. I think he, he just he was been at the uh, entry level, the yeah. ent- gate level, and he just bumped up, too. So. Well, glad to have you joining and yeah, get, now, get access to a bunch more stuff. Yeah, he's he's enjoying all of the campaign deconstruction episodes. <laughs> and you also just uploaded a map that you drew as well that's available yeah. for all of our patrons. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, you, you enjoyed that? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I did too. There's uh, there's some some blood that went into that one, like literally, I'm pretty sure. So, 
Um, and actually, of course, Nolan. Uh, so I want to we want to mention you, Nolan, specifically. Uh, your title, Lord of the Underdeep, is not uh, accidental there, right? So you're at the Underdeep level. So that's how we're going to refer to you from now on. Hopefully, that's Lord right. of the Underdeep. Lord of the Underdeep. Lord of the Underdeep. <laughs> Lord of the Underdeep. Wrecker of the Mississippi. Nice. <laughs> so, so. We'll definitely, obviously, we'll be hearing a lot from you. Thank you, everybody, for your support. If you'd like to join these fine examples, like Sam, Gary, and Nolan, buy us a beer, buy us some tea, and be sure to hop onto our Patreon page and support us for only a couple bucks a month. You can help us continue to bring you discussion and actual play in the grim and gritty world of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Check us out on patreon.com slash oldworldpodcast. So, uh, one of the things we want to do here is always like to find out what kind of gaming everyone's been up to. So, uh, Steve, why don't you start us off? What kind of gaming have you been up to lately? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, I've been doing a lot of Battlefront on Star Wars when I have time. It's a quick game. You can enter, do a little battle. Your baby wakes up. You can bounce out. <laughs> uh, but other than that, um, I did buy Total War Warhammer. So, it's the first one, so I just want to kind of test out the waters. And I like to buy the first versions of the game before the second one, so I can kind of get roll used to into it. it. They, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, before they just pile it everything up that's pretty much it i bought some warhammer books about uh, the gotrick and felix first compendium Ooh. book and witch hunter first compendium ironically ah. that we're doing yeah witch hunter. it's nice yeah actually i have the i bought the picked up the witch hunter one recently as well nice um, yeah. that's about it baby life has consumed the rest i was gonna say that's like a game in itself is right. juggling you know responsibilities <laughs> with a baby yeah. And add the condition of teething. Yeah. Right. Yeah, teething condition. Plus oh. plus ten moodiness yeah. and griping at times. Yes. Fussing. Minus three success levels for not feeding fast enough. <laughs> Falling asleep. Yeah. yeah. So it's good stuff. So I've as far as gaming I've been up to, um, I've been playing a mobile game called Polytopia. I've talked about it in the past. Uh, my cousins, they always like to bring that up every now and then. And except my cousins are getting good at it and I'm having difficulty winning, so um, what kind of game is it? Polytopia. It's a it's a turn based strategy game, which oh, cool. I love turn based strategy. I don't like yeah. getting beat in it. It makes me angry. Well, it's a turn based strategy like conquering or kind of just... Yeah, think of like a super, super simplified version of civilization. Like super okay. simplified. Oh, okay. I was gonna say like it sounds familiar, but it's like I yeah. Yeah, it's actually a lot, a lot of fun. Of civilization, so I'm sure that would be right up my alley yeah, too. Me too, me too. <laughs> you should check it out. It's free. Um, it, to do multiplayer, you have to like buy one of the extra tribes, but like 99 cents. But you yeah. you can play it, you know, solo for fine. So it's it's awesome. Um, and then of course I've been playing some uh, fantasy world play. I've actually been able to get a a lot more than I normally do, and not just with uh, old world podcast gang, but with my cousins we've been playing as well. So so that's what I've been up to. Cool. In our last episode, I teased that I had just got in the new Star Wars Outer Rim board game. I've been waiting to hear this review for all for a couple <laughs> weeks too. Yeah, I did have a chance to play it. I had uh, myself and three of my my friends sat down and played it. It was probably about a four hour session, including the learning portion of it. But it was absolutely spectacular. It takes it is on the same level of same like grand scale of things as Rebellion is. Where it's this, it's this long, super thematic game, where you're exploring the lore and the story that's developing, and as a you know, in addition to the mechanics of the game. So you play as the uh, like scoundrels and smugglers and bounty hunters that patrol the outer rim. So people like Han Solo, Lando Calrissian, Bosk, Boba Fett, IG88. Mm. There's a bunch more. 
It even includes some of the lesser known characters like uh, Dr. Afra, who's, who's from the got her start in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. It's, so it's a big uh, sandbox, almost like an open world that you can, you're traveling around to different planets. The whole goal of the game is to gain fame. So you gain fame in a lot of different ways. You can gain fame by completing jobs. You can get fame by tracking down bounties. You can just get fame by having luxurious items and all sorts of different ways. So throughout the each turn, you're going to move around. You have actions that you can take to, to get new jobs, to get new items to upgrade your ship, crew for your ship, uh, weapons for your own, for the, the character you're playing as. You said there were a lot of similarities to like Firefly. Oh, very similar. Right? Yeah, yeah, it has the same kind of like pick up and deliver kind of right. feel. And as you're going around, okay. you're having different encounters. Yeah. So at the end of the round, you're going to have an encounter that could be with an enemy patrol ship that's in your area could be an encounter for the planet, just a space encounter. You could have an encounter with a contact. So let's say you're on a planet and you're trying to track down Greedo. Greedo is a bounty that you have. Well, if you're on the right planet and you find him, you could either resolve that bounty right away, execute him to get a reward, capture him and deliver him for a better reward, or you could hear what he has to say. And maybe he's like, Hey, I, you know, look like you could use some help. I'll join your crew and you just pay me a thousand dollars every job you complete. So now you have this option, right? You could either take him as the bounty or you could, you could hire him on as a crew. You could hire him on as, as a crew and still have the bounty. So when he's no longer as beneficial as he was before, you turn, <laughs> turn him in right then. So it's uh, it's super thematic. The, the encounter decks that are in there are really, there's a huge variety of it. There's not a lot of uh, player versus player interactions. There can be some, but it's not too heavy in that regard, which I like. And yeah, as as far as Star Wars goes, it is spectacular. Fantasy Flight has done right by the Star Wars IP when I can't say that about every other Star Wars license right. that's been out there. Right. But yeah, Rebellion is this is the grand like Empire versus Rebellion. Uh, and this one is more of like the scum and the, the outer rim, the people that are just scraping by trying to survive. I give it a incredibly strong recommendation. If you like star Wars, I honestly don't know if I would ever play the game with anybody who wasn't at least like a moderate fan of star Wars. If you, if you're not a fan, it would be a yeah. several hour, like drudge through, you know, just moving around and stuff. But when we played it, all four players were big star Wars fans. So every, even when it wasn't your turn, you were still super interested in what was going on right. because of the story that was being developed by the things that were happening. Cool. Loved it. Cool. Mm. What about you, Nolan? What kind of gaming you been up to? So I've actually uh, really di- uh, divulged my time in a lot of things. So I've been back in Borderlands 2 oh. with uh, Borderlands 3 coming out. Uh I loved it. Like, I'm actually, this is my, like, I always tell my friends, like, oh, Kingdom Hearts 3. It's like, uh uh-uh. This is my Kingdom Hearts 3. I have been waiting for it. Uh, Let's see, but we've been doing that. Been doing a little bit of Pathfinder. Kingdom Maker, it's a new game, I guess, that came. I've I've liked it, you know, trying to get into more role-playing systems. And then, uh, also, I currently am running a Shadow of the Demon Lord campaign with some of my other friends. Uh, getting ready for that kind of encounters and 
you know, getting monsters ready, trying to see if I can finally kill one of them. So far, uh, no luck. <laughs> nice. Keep I've, at it. I've heard a lot of good things about Shadow of the Demon Lord, so... It, uh, I will admit, like I'll say right now, I'm not playing it to its exact, as it's a, like, it's probably even more gritty and deadly than uh, Warhammer. Like, at level zero, Ooh. you could have 12 HP, you could get hit by a ghoul, oh, 14 damage, you're dead. Jeez, wow. No save, nothing, you're dead. So there's like, and it's not, it's unforgiving. Like, there's a monster you can fight at level one. If you fail a stank, uh, a strength saving roll, which is just attack, you get all your life sucked right out of you and you fall into a pile. It's just, Ooh. oh, here's a new character sheet. <laughs> wow. Nice. Like, it is horrible. Brutal. I, I haven't been, I guess, that lucky with me and my friends, but uh, so that's what I've been mostly up to, getting that ready for that. Very cool. Well, Nolan, you and I share a, a profound love of all things Borderlands from the sound of things. That is one yeah. of my favorite video games of all time. I just replayed through the whole thing, playing through all the DLC now. They just released mm-hmm. a new DLC seven years yeah, after the game uh, came out. Fight oh, crazy. for Sanctuary or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like helping bridge the gap a little between two and three. Because mm-hmm. I bought the Which game always for nice. my nephew. I remember mm-hmm. actually going down a GameStop and I was like, uh, it was Borderlands Game of the Year. Yeah, And I remember my friends, when they were telling me about it, I saw it and I was like, that looks horrible. It looks too cartoony, you know. I'm not a big fan of uh, shooter games just because I'm more of a strategy guy. But I was like, you know what, I'll get it. Fell in love instantly. Wow. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I just got the game for my nephew. It was a dual pack. You know, you had uh, the prequel. Yeah, Borderlands Two, and then and then as soon as I bought the game, I was on PlayStation Plus for free. Yeah, so I got it there. Yeah, that's literally (laughs) the the pre that that offer the pre sequel in Borderlands Two with all of the bonus content. That is, I mean, I probably over the years have five hundred hours into that combination, and to get that for free, that's can't wait. I can't even like wrap my mind around how good of a deal that is. Yep. Love those games. Apparently, I'm the only one on the planet that hasn't played this game. I need to. What you know? You know what we need? And I've said this before, maybe not on the podcast, but there are there's one single Borderlands game, like board game or role playing game, and it's a little card game that's terrible. We need somebody to get that IP and make a Borderlands role playing game or a Borderlands board game. A Borderlands role playing game would be amazing. There's so much lore. And the whole thing about Borderlands is that there's it advertises that there are a bazillions of weapons because it'll take mm-hmm. all these different uh, factors. They'll pull from each one, and that creates a weapon. So essentially, a new weapon is generated every time that one falls off an enemy. Huh. So okay. it would be so easy to like, oh, you pick up a weapon in the Borderlands role-playing game, roll five D100s, and that's the weapon that you just, nice. you know, on like yeah. the stock, uh, the trigger the barrel special ability and whether it does elemental damage and yeah you generate elemental or corrosive and stuff like that that would be amazing i would totally love that we need to go yeah. make our pitch i guess yeah no <laughs> so, kidding this is the last uh, old world podcast we'll be doing borderlands now. Oh, <laughs> sign me up all right 
So, announcements and news. Let's move on. Uh, so, this is a part of the show where we dig into all of the news out there and we find out what we can. And as it has been lately, we got a lot to go over. Yeah, I'll get started with uh, Cubicle 7 related news. Andy Law recently contributed to an article in the Meeple Monthly magazine that describes how Cubicle 7 created the Wolfrup starter set. Um, I don't, I couldn't find more than just like little bits of that online. I know that you'd have to subscribe to the Meeple Monthly magazine, I believe, in order to... They, uh, they posted some screenshots on Facebook, I think, yeah. with, with them on it and stuff. Um, you had, uh, it was a little harder to read, but you can... Um, it was basically an, an interesting breakdown of all the discussions they had with like yeah. T.S. D- Lucar. Right, decisions too that they mm-hmm. made, you know, made when they were deciding exactly how the starter set was all going to come together. Right. So in addition to that, we also have several more Wolfram blog, blog posts. Ben, buddy, keep them coming. Yep, he's rocking and rolling. We've got two to talk about today. The first one is Keeping Up with the Leibowitzes. This is an article all about money in Wolfram and how you gain it how you spend it and why they decided to do some of the things that they did. Right. I know that when we first got our hands on the core rule book, we saw that at the, you know, end of an, an adventure or at, you know, when you're getting ready to start a new session, you lose all of your current wealth, yep. which we really question that to begin with. But that's one of the things that he kind of talks about that you have different ways of earning money. You have starting wealth. There's the income endeavor, and then right. just doing little odd jobs here and there. The uh, losing money. He actually, one of the things I found really interesting in this article, he talked about the gameplay loop, which is you want to compel the players to take an action, reward them for making that action, give them the ability to improve that action, their ability to perform the action, and then repeat. So it's this loop of constantly getting a little better at what you know, as a GM, what you're throwing at your players, giving them the opportunity, rewarding them to where they can make it easier to do that in the future. Right. It was, it's a very interesting article in, in the money to burn that you're talking about is, has been one of the controversial decisions, but I, I don't know. It's yeah. in the optional chapter. So it's right. Yeah. Well, it does, it does make sense, right? You, you're living, think about just in the normal day, what, kind of things you spend money on right so you need you need to buy food you need to buy clothing and things that you're going to need on a daily basis and all of that you know little bits here and there are going to add up so instead of making it this huge crunchy thing where you have to roll for all the different right things you're going to spend money on they just say that money is going Yeah. yeah maybe you lost some of it maybe you gambled some of it maybe you drank you know drank away the the uh, money that you had really interesting article the next one is called there's no such thing as talent and this one talks all about talents in Wolfrup and how you go about getting them one of the things and i this actually just came up when we talked a little bit ago that the you can only gain and interact with talents that you have in your current career level and i've always been that's always been kind of a sore spot for me because it didn't always make complete sense why I couldn't upgrade a talent without taking the, the uh, in-between endeavor to do so. Right. But so one of the things he talks about in here is why it's so important to plan ahead, right? That taking a talent or spending XP shouldn't be a off the cuff. Well, I'm just going to like throw this XP. I'll just upgrade this skill. Right. Well, 
really think about that. And careful planning means that you won't find yourself in a situation where you don't have what you're, what you're looking for, or you don't have what you need at that time. Yeah. And misplanning can mean, it could mean sessions worth of, I wouldn't say waste, waste of time, but, but if you have a goal and you make a, you spend 100, 200 in the wrong spot, yeah. now you got to kind of. Yeah. Right. If you think about it, it, it could be a yeah. full, like if you really wanted a talent, but you jumped up to the next career level before you picked up that talent, right? you're in trouble, right? You're going to have to drop back down to that career level or, you know, or talk to your GM. Yeah. yeah or talk to your GM. Yeah. Right. But it's work on some story path. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, so my, my thing is always start with the rules and then tweak them as, as it makes sense. Right. For so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, that's what, that's how you kind of want to do. Right. You know, I, I actually liked, he had some optional rules, like optional rules that aren't in the rule book in mm-hmm. that article. Um, the, the staggered advancement, uh, which I thought was really cool. The, the concept of, you know, not doing it all at once or whatever. Right. To where yeah. after you get a talent, you have to then spend a certain amount of XP on other things before you could upgrade right. that talent. Right. To show that there's like time that's passing, you know, yeah. as you're gaining those abilities. So very interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. Another great article. All those blog posts are, are definitely worth taking a look at. For sure. All right, moving on. Uh, regarding the GM screen and the Game Master's Guide update, uh, this product will include, of course, the Game Master screen. Uh, it's a four-panel screen uh, covered in everything you could ever need from conditions and trappings to NPC quirks and motivations. Um, it'll also have a guide to game mastery, which that's pretty cool. Um, how to build compelling campaigns and adventures. Uh, and that's pretty, really important. You want to keep your group together, make it compelling, make it fun, exciting. Uh, don't be afraid to... Uh, off one of the characters if it comes down time to. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we'll include expanded information on status and advice on running Warhammer. Actually, and, and this is some of the stuff we're going over too. So we talked right. about, there was an article that released last on last show about all this. Um, but then Game, or not Games, but Cubicle 7 actually released additional information. So like this status stuff and all that is right. is cool. And uh, that comes down to what makes Warhammer. Um, it's several articles discussing the core themes of Wolfrup. Uh, it's per- pretty important if you really want to get in depth. Um, and another, uh, running your game, um, an examination of several core rules, including advantage, uh, which is really important, character right. death and dooming. Another <laughs> I can't, I thing cannot, to plan ahead a little bit. Oh, but character, the dooming, man, I hope we get a full chart like we did in second edition. Like, give us an expanded, full-on chart. Yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. And, of course, motivations. Now, motivations has always been a tricky one for me to come up with because you could always go to basics like, hey, I want to find a better weapon, but there's some clever ones out there Yeah, that, that are more specific. I feel like motivations is a place where they probably pared down in the rule book. And in fact, I remember talking, I don't remember if it was like who we were talking to was TS or maybe Dominic, but they, they were saying that they had to cut to make space, but more of that stuff was coming. So uh, yeah, I agree forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I want more examples. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. More charts yeah. are always, always good. The Andy law interview with Ulysses Spiel, um, with that interview, it starts at uh, the 57-minute, 46-second in the show. Um, Andy, he talks about all the current products. Uh, interesting, he hints at a new campaign beyond the Enemy Within. 
uh, it's just lovely to hear their future expansions, even their thoughts on what right. they might do. There, there's been there's been hints coming, like out of uh, out of the conventions in Europe. There's been a lot of hints that have been dropped about like a potential, you know, campaigns. I don't know, and, and I'm going to be careful because I don't want to spread rumor that's not you know justified or whatever. But they're saying things like potentially something around Alfin or something, you know. So. Who who knows? But right. that would be cool. Um, also, the the horned rat will tackle Skaven at length in the companion volume, including possibly player characters. <laughs> that's intense. So if you needed a reason to pick up that companion volume, then right. there's really no doubt that's it right there. Right. So this was one of those things. Like when I was watching it, and so first off, listeners, if you speak German, these guys speak German up until like that 57 mark or whatever it is. And then they switch to English, but they they have a lot of cool stuff that they discuss here. And at one point, they they were saying, "Well, do we want to talk about this?" And it's like, "Oh, we're not ready to talk about that yet." <laughs> right. And then and then they say, and it's like, and then at one point, Andy Law is like, "Well, I'm not saying that Skaven player information is in there, like you know, like just kind of hitting but I'm that." Not not saying uh, it. Yeah, but I'm not not saying it. So it's it's definitely cool. It's a little bit longer. I, they talked for a while in that uh, that interview, but it, it was it was a good lesson. And uh, they will have a German translation of the core book uh, going. Well, it's pretty much going through approval process now, so it'll be out. Right. So uh, we do have a direct link to that. You can go to oldworldpodcast.com forward slash Andy interview. Uh, a n d y interview, all one one word there, and it'll take you directly to the uh, interview, and then go to that minute fifty seven. All right, so we got a little bit more updated with the enemy within death in the Reich update. We got some companion books that will be guest commentaries from James Wallace and Martin McKenna. So a lot of this kind of new stuff is going to be a lot more on the river rules. And, you know, I grew up on the river when I was. So all this is like I love every bit of this, you know, more boat upgrades, river vessels, rules for the river. Like I want to be able to do Waterworld in, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Like I want that with Kevin. Was it Kevin Cost? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah, like river crimes, river patrols. Like there are probably ten lock and dams out where I live. Like I've gone had to go through them a bunch of times. So like this right here, oh, uh, this is what I want. I love being on the river when I was a little kid. Yeah, so you're you're right at home with all this. I th- you're you're yes. spot on. The the river is such an important part in the empire and in the old world that mm-hmm. I I'm so encouraged by this that once I have that book in my hand, the first thing I'm going to want to do is write a whole adventure that's all about oh yeah life on the river right right like an adventure yeah. where you never leave the boat yeah you know yeah right? or or yeah. only only briefly right like right. the end of the session is you guys come into port you know you get a, a right. room for the night. Tomorrow morning, you're back on the back on the boat. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Just, there's so many storylines and concept, concepts that you could do. I mean, like you're saying, like your own little little maybe crime group. Yeah, right. <laughs> your missions yeah. are to smuggle some river pirates. Right. <laughs> and some of this stuff will be like updated stuff from first edition because they had some of this stuff in the first edition rules. But mm-hmm. um, knowing based on our conversation with Graham, you know, and all that, I expect there to be a lots of fun, cool stuff in here. And in addition, they also have a, a river bestiary that's coming up, which river-based creatures, yes, thank you, cannot wait. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
waterborne diseases. Oh, I'm so happy. Those sound even more sickly than the land. I know, right? <laughs> um, for our, for our listeners, I can tell you that Lance's face just lit up. He's like a he's like a young boy Christmas morning talking about disease. Nice. Um. When he was younger, he would go to Santa and be like, what do you want? I want more diseases so I can kill my player characters. Exactly. (laughs) Yep. Oh, man. So they also talk about, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, the Imperial Cephamore Service, um, the Empire's Extraordinary Engineering Project to send messages across the Empire. I'm very excited to hear about this. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Then uh, river folk of the the Reich, so river-based NPCs. So it sounds like we're getting a bunch of creatures, and then we're getting NPCs ready-made to use, which I am a huge fan of. Um, the Emperor Ludopold, an update from the first edition supplement in containing uh, the river liner. It's a river liner. Um, and then this, I think, is really interesting. The Vengeance of the Grave Lord. This is part one of a sequence of adventures that run parallel to the enemy within. Mm. You had me at Vengeance of the Grave Lord. Yeah. Yes. Right? <laughs> that is such a great name. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, wait, so I, I want to play the enemy within because it's a freaking enemy within. But Vengeance of the Grave Lord, like, I need a little break from saving the, the entire world and the empire. Yeah. Let me go figure out what's going on with this Grave Lord guy. I, I'm down. <laughs> So yeah, very excited. I, I am super excited for this book. I wonder how how much river travel is utilized already. And I, I wonder how much Cubicle 7 is is kind of pushing these rules to encourage people to spend more time on the river. I know just so we, we do these career episodes fairly often and we have a running tally of the votes. So uh, if you didn't know, you can go on to our Twitter or our, our Facebook page and vote on what careers you want us to cover next so i have a spreadsheet that has all the different votes on it and they i think over this time we've got maybe like 90 votes total across all the careers Mm -hmm. there's only a single vote for a river folk so that's eight careers and out of those eight only one of them has one vote so which i wonder i wonder if that yeah kind of influence or like you know tells us that that people don't you know don't care as much necessarily about Right. Spending time in the road. I don't think it was really a thought much. Like when you're traveling, you're always thinking uh, horses, roads, trails, yeah. woods. Uh, but it, such an important part of the empire and traveling is the rivers, right. the river ways. So. Uh, yes, with this death in the Reich, I feel like we'll get a lot more people wanting to be on the river. So I believe more careers and classes of that will arise. I think so too. Yeah, I agree. All right, we also have the first developer diary that came out for The Enemy Within. So it has been released. You can have access to that by purchasing the collector sets piecemeal as opposed to buying it in bulk if you aren't looking to drop uh, close to $1,000. Yeah. Yeah. So I confirmed this via on Twitter um, with Andy Law. And uh, I, so it's, it's, it's a tough thing. And one of the things, so much is there is information being put on these de- developer diaries that is at a level where they are careful about talking about it. Um, I've heard rumors of potential covers of unannounced books or being put on there or unreleased mm-hmm. covers, things that. So if you want to be in the know, 
this might be worth checking out. Again, I know the price point is is tough, and it's tough for us. Uh, I haven't even pulled the trigger on it. Um, I'm still trying to find a way to, you know, free up even the 150 for the for the first set. It's uh, but there's some cool stuff. So it is a, a the only way you get access to that is by pre-ordering the collector's edition and the enemy within stuff. So check that out. Definitely. Moving on to other news, a reminder about conventions this year. Lance, you and I and Steve will be at Gen Con just on Saturday this year. We've got a pretty full schedule, planning on hitting a couple seminars and possibly playing in a game. But we will be at Gen Con. If you are going to be attending, let us know, because we'd love to find a time where we could connect up and meet with you there. Absolutely. And in addition to that, as we've said before, Grand Con is coming up August 30th to September 1st. I'll be there all three days. Uh, Lance, you and Steve will both be there on Saturday. Saturday. I will. Same situation applies. If you're going to be there and want to come out, definitely let us know so we can stop by and say hey. And I think I asked you this, Nolan, but you're not going to be at either of those conventions this year, right? No, I uh, I haven't. I have been looking at this new one. I think it's coming in uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin, Colleen Con. Hmm. Okay. I haven't heard that I've, one. I've never really heard of it either. It was just something I saw like on Facebook. Because we just got done talking about this. Like, I have never been to a con. Oh, cons are so much fun. I've been to the Minnesota Renaissance Fair thousands of times. But it's like a con. Uh, I don't... Yeah. It's it's, it's all like about the same thing. It's it's all about how you experience it is what I've yes. learned. And, and I'm still newer. Matt's much more of a veteran at this. But there's the difference between experiencing the con, like just taking in everything that's there, mm-hmm. visiting all the places and stuff, and also making sure that you get events in. Like don't go to a big convention for multiple days and not do events because you'll agree. eventually get bored. Yeah. But yeah. And you, you know, for a game that you're interested in, right? If there's a role playing game you haven't played or that you haven't pulled out the book and wanted to, to dig through a big multi hundred page rule book, Go to a con and see if someone's running a game. Have somebody that already knows how to play teach you how to play it. Yep, exactly. And uh, when you do these events like the gaming, like these aren't gaming where you're sitting there for four hours. It's more like two hour blocks. Yeah, or they can taste, be four. taste it, experience yeah. it. Yeah, of course, do de- you pending? But yeah, yeah. I think it's a really. I'm glad you brought that up, Nolan, because there are conventions all over the U.S. happening all the time. Every couple yeah. days, there's another convention, and the world. All over the world, absolutely. So it is definitely worth looking into what conventions are near you so you can go check them out. Right. And every convention started as something small. Right. right? And I, my, uh, a lot of my experience, I can speak on Grand Con. That started with a few hundred people. Now we're over a few thousand people. We're looking at 3,000 wow. attendees this year. Right. So take a look. Go online. See if you can find conventions in your area. There's a website called table dot, tabletop.events. That is a great website where you can search for conventions happening all over the place. So, very cool. Excellent, excellent. All right, so we're done with our news. Let's get on to our main topic. So, uh, tonight's episode, we are once again charging into our review of the 4th edition careers. Uh, Tonight, we're going to review two of these careers uh, in a little bit different format than we normally do. The Witch and the Witch Hunter I've been really looking forward to this one. It's been uh, pretty awesome. And as you might expect, at the end of the episode, we're going to do our little competition where the host, all four of us, are going to put our creative juices together um, in the test 
to uh, to do a build off, right? To see who can build the most interesting character. So we'll post on our Facebook and Twitter accounts, um, put some uh, polls out there and voting. You can vote and tell us who you think made the coolest character. So where do we want to start, guys? We'll start with Witch Hunter? Yeah, we'll start with Witch Hunter. All right, so that sounds good. Cool, cool. Why don't you lead us in, Nolan? All right. The Witch Hunter, which you will find on page 92. So the Witch Hunter, I would like to think, besides maybe Rat Catcher, is probably the second one uh, you think about when you think of the old world and the empire. Like you think, oh, those people that, you know, burn people for being heresies. I mean, let's be face it, that's that exactly what they do. Yeah. Right. Well, and the, the iconic image too, right, of the of the guy with the hat, like the yeah. tall hat. The Puritan and a, and a, style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A Holding pistol. a torch and a, and a pistol. And a pistol, yeah. yeah, a torch, a pistol. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and so races that are available for the witch hunter is o- only human. Only so human. if you, you're not a human, which or as of right now, some uh, chance you will be. But if you're not, unfortunately, you either have to you'll have to give up your 50 experience. Yeah, there we go. Yep. I was going to say the witch hunter is one of those where you, you've got a pretty good shot at getting some free <laughs> right, XP yeah. at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. like if you really have your heart set on witch hunter, you're going to get a couple extra. Right, right. So, um, so the, this, the witch hunter, to explain the witch hunter, if you don't know Warhammer, you really have to, um, have an understanding of, of what the witch hunter is about. And the best way I can use to explain the witch hunter is think about the Spanish inquisition. Uh, so it's the same kind of setup. It's a, like they often, they work for one of the religious cults of the empire, often the Sigmarites. Yep. Sigma rights, yep. Yep, and they are essentially their own religious law. They're not necessarily above the law of the nobles, but they... But not a lot of people are going to be like, hey, you can't do that. Right, right. So anyway, uh, they're basically... They exist because Warhammer is so terrible, right? You have the Mm -hmm. influence of chaos. You have witches, uh, corruption, um, necromancy, evilness... Um, just being able to touch it, the winds of magic and being able to manipulate them makes you, it, it, you essentially have a one-way ticket to the evil that is chaos. And over the centuries, common sense has proven that someone that can do magic is dangerous, kill them. Yeah, that there's so, such yeah. fear that <laughs> right. it, it can cloud somebody's you know better judgment. It's like a combination of secret police and... It's like a bounty hunter. Bounty hunter, yeah. Like uh, what? It, oops. So like uh, the the vampire hunter. They're like a they're vampire yeah, hunters. They are yeah. vampire Van hunters. Hunter. Right. Uh, Blade is yeah, Blade, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Van exactly. Helsing, yeah, one mm-hmm. of those. Perfect. But it's yeah. actually uh, that's actually good that you bring up like a secret society and stuff. They mostly will just hunt, you know, chaos, corruption, rogue man. They actually do not care too much about other distress. So if like if the local peasants are talking about uprising against the local lord, a witch hunter will just be like, you know, that's not my problem, and right. we'll just walk away. <laughs> yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not- if they're if they're not anyway tied, they would just be like, neat and then just walk away. You know, yeah. it's like I did read somewhere I thought was kind of funny. It was like a conscience witch hunter might tell one of their friends about it and let order resolve. But then again, 
witch hunters don't have a lot of friends. Nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which well, I good. thought was perfect because yeah. basically if a witch hunter is in your town, something's going to go down. Yeah. Somebody yeah. screwed up. Right. Or or if or if they didn't, somebody thought you screwed up, so you might as well have screwed up. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it almost gets like a like a judge dread kind of feel too. Yeah. Right? Where they, they yes. can dispense justice how they see fit, which is horrifying. Right. It, when you think about it. It is. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm I am the law here right now. And and that brings up another thing is uh, I doubt the life expectancy of a witch hunter is, is very long. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm sure you make more enemies than you do friends yeah yeah uh, oh man all right so what is the advanced scheme of a witch hunter uh so it's actually a really interesting one right you get weapon skill toughness and willpower at your first tier and then on your second tier you get ballistic skill your third tier is fellowship and then your fourth tier is intelligence so you already have the tools you need to be pretty mean in like any sort of conflict yes all right, so um, I'll start us off with Tier 1. So Tier 1 is the Interrogator. has a status of Silver 1. And your starting skills are, uh, you get a lot of the good ones like um, that you, you wouldn't really think this. Like Heal. Heal is in there. Anytime I see Heal in a Tier 1 of a career, it automatically makes it like very valuable. It's powerful. Yeah. That, um, that is not yeah, a... That is amazing. But at the same time, you kind of figure like, yeah, you would think you would want Heal early. Being you're the only guy going into a town to cleanse it of corruption. Right. You probably should know how to bandage yourself up. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 anytime, if you're rolling up a character and you have the opportunity to, to get the heal skill, yes. you would be Take a it. fool not to get that. Take it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I used an endeavor um, to get the heal talents. Yeah. I knew just eventually I right. Yeah, heal because I'm always losing wounds. Yeah, near death at almost ninety percent of the time. Yeah, if you're playing Warhammer and your character is at full health, you're playing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, you missed a rule probably. Yeah, if you don't have scars. So there's anyway. So there's a lot going on here. You get things like lore torture. Um, you get melee brawling, brawling at yeah. right at the front, right? Um, perception, um, consume alcohol, intuition. charm, yeah. in, intuition, and then intimidate is your money making skill. Yeah, which is yeah. so thematic. I love it. How does a witch hunter make money? They intimidate money. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel it's kind of weird. Like intimidate, it goes off your strength unless you roll high in that starting setup. You won't ever increase your strength. That's yep. true. That's an excellent point. Yeah, and so and it's one of the things. So it's one of the things where strength is is the base of it. And and I've always said you could argue to do it differently, but there are a lot of talents in this career that will help your intimidate. So um, yeah. even though you can't directly boost your characteristic, you obviously can boost the skill. And then there's a lot of talents too. So talents for tier one, actually, resolute, menacing, cool-headed, read-write. So getting read-write up front is always good. And then, of course, trappings. I love this. Hand weapon and then instruments of torture. Oh, so standard. Right off the bat. That's all you need. Just those two, and you're good to go. Oh, man. And then tier two. Uh, I'll take that. So at tier two, you become a a witch hunter, and you become a silvery. So some of them, you get... Cool, melee basic, gossip, lore witches, which kind of makes sense, you would think. I always thought that would should be lower, but that's just me. Uh, range, 
just any, and you could ride a horse, or at least get the skills to it. Some of the talents are dual wielder, marksman, seasoned traveler, and shadow. I'm sure I'm not the only person who feels this way, but if I'm doing anything in gaming whatsoever and I see the opportunity to dual wield, I'm going to dual wield. Yeah, no, that's I, even good. if I had like the opportunity to wield like a really sweet sword or two little daggers, I'm probably going to go with the two daggers. Actually, that's the route I went with my character. I was like, I'm done. That's what I need. Yeah, nice. I didn't want anything else. I would have gotten marksman, but it's like, uh, uh, no, I want to see them up close. Yeah, and then right. some trappings. We got crossbow pistol or a pistol regular, nice. a henan hat, leather jack, riding horse with saddle, and. Rope and a silver sword. Yeah, the silvered sword is pretty awesome too, and that goes into you know the whole like vampire uh, yep. and werewolf and it, sort of thing. You get a mm-hmm. horse, right? But I think the biggest the biggest thing for me and is ranged any, any like you can choose. All right, what group of ranged weapons do yeah. I want? I think that's so cool. Um, so our tier three, uh, you're at an inquisitor level at this level, silver five. Um, and which silver five, if you really think about that endeavor, that's all that could potentially be a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah could be better amazing. than gold one. Yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. So, um, endurance, leadership, uh, lore law and lore local, they all come into play there. Then you start to get some really good talents, fearless, witches, like fearless nose mm-hmm. for trouble, which is so good. Relentless and strong minded. And then your trappings here, quality clothing, and subordinate interrogators, nice. which I know is a favorite thing of Matt. Matt likes oh, yeah. having subordinates. Some minions. Yep. Minions. That's always helpful. <laughs> yeah. Heinrich, shout out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then at the, the top level, you are a witch finder general. Uh, for some skills, you have lore chaos and lore politics. So at this level, you're really much like, I'm above the, like, you are now essentially Judge Dredd. When I'm in this town, you answer to me. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, yep. I almost feel like at that point, yep. you're not you're not the one that's going out knocking on doors, right? right? You're the one who's sending people out to do you, that work for you. you. Right. You're Judge Dredd's boss at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fact that you have lore politics, I mean, at that point, you could you could easily transfer right. that over to uh, like a noble career or mm-hmm. somebody in... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's running so, running a town, helping run the town, whether you are elected to that position or not. Not to right. mention, you know, like secrets, like oh, that town. Remember when? Yeah, and no one does except for us, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was kind of laughing, you know, like you know, when people come to your, oh, may I come in today? The witch finder just is like, hey, open your door, I'm coming in. <laughs> right. So it's like, okay, yep, don't hurt me. So those are so yeah, war chaos and war politics are your skills. For talents, you have Frightening, Iron Will, Magic Sense, and Pure Soul. Pure Soul is so good. Pure Soul is amazing. Yeah. And then for some trappings, we have Best Quality, Courtly Garb, and Subordinate Witch Hunters. That's powerful. That's like, it's yeah. not Subordinate Interrogators. You got Subordinate Witch Hunters. This, this whole career, I think, is one of the ones where taking the time to get all of those talents is going to be super important because when you start yeah. combining those talents together, things like nose for trouble, magical sense, um, being fearless, frightening, menacing, those two can combine. And, and those you, are your bonuses for intimidate too. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. So 
if you, with this career specifically, you're not going to want to pass up the opportunity to pick up those talents when you can, because every single one of them feeds right in to being a badass witch hunter. Sure does. Absolutely. And uh, you can really gear him out yeah, to Yeah, I be just ranged. looked up News for Trouble. That is amazing. You basically are good at getting into and out of trouble. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Walk, walk into so a town, like, you, you yeah. know who to ask. You can you can see it. You can see the shady people. You can be easy to easy to tie in story hooks uh, with a witch hunter player as well. Oh, yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a little oh, bit, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. What roles can this career fill? It's it's a good one. It's a versatile one. So like at tier one, right, as an interrogator. So first off, so I have a lot of thoughts on this, but based off, first off, you can easily be a fighter, right, where you have... Yeah, uh, hands down. Yeah, yeah. Weapon skill, toughness, and willpower are all the tools you need to start to get a fighter. You might not have like all of the pieces there, but enough to get you started. You start with a hand weapon, which is huge. Um, but honestly, I think tier one as a witch hunter really shines as a support role for a new player. And and maybe this would be a secondary role, right? But you can fight. I actually do agree with the whole support character. Well, yes, I would probably like I've always been a fighter. Like it's really hard to get me away from a fighter because I like getting up and close. But I believe yeah, the first two interrogator and the witch hunter perfect for. Uh, range combats because you got ballistic skill and you already got weapon skill with toughness so you could actually be like the medium ground in a, a party absolutely yeah and you can fill you can fill a face role in a pinch too you start with charm and intimidate right right at tier yeah. one right and then you could even even in of course perception and heal which are obvious support yeah. skills yeah, well, I think anytime you start with weapon skill as your in your first, yeah, that that's that's obviously going to mean that being a fighter is going to be a no brainer. Right, you're going to have the ability to increase that stat. I didn't get the impression that they would really hit that face roll until you hit tier three. Well, that's when they really do. when yeah when yeah. they get the fellowship. Yeah. That's that's when it's gonna you're gonna make a real turn from being like I said the witch hunter out in the field to being the mm-hmm. the guy, you know, the boss, the one who's sending him out to do their to do your bidding. Right. The the one that will the actually talk bidding. yeah, to talk down to the noble, right? Yeah. It walks in and the noble doesn't phase you. That's at tier 3. Yeah, I agree. I think the face moves from a secondary role to a primary role at, at tier 3. Yeah. Um Yeah, the ho- yeah, those last two you're more likely to be maybe in combat, but if you do get into combat, you can you can pull your own weight. Absolutely. Yep. And then I think, honestly, I think Witchfinder General Tier 4 is more of the same of Tier 3, just stronger. You're a stronger fighter. You're stronger face. Support could potentially move from a secondary role to a primary role, with the, especially with the Magical Sense talent, yeah. things like that. All right, so how could might you fit this career into Adventuring Party? Like, what kind of story hook ideas would you need? And in my opinion, this is so easy. Yeah, yeah so there's, a, there's a lot. Yeah. Plethora. <laughs> I thought it'd be really neat to have a either another character. It even says this in the book to not be a witch hunter if there's a hedge witch or a witch in the party. And I'm like, screw that. I want there to be another witch at that table and specifically one that's like in hiding or, Uh you know, they don't know the whole story or in maybe not a player at the table because that could be. That that could you really need end up being rough. Right, the with the right role players, right players, yeah. that can separate their character from themselves. Yep, right. it could be amazing. See, for me, it seems more like a having an NPC 
come along or somebody that mm. joins their party that's not a player character uh. that could be a witch. But that way, if things hit the wall, somebody has to die. Yeah. It's not going to be a player character necessarily. Well, let's be honest. Somebody would have to die. <laughs> yeah. 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 Somebody's dying. Honestly, and, and I actually kind of said that too. Um, I was with veteran role players. You can investigate other players potentially. But this could be easy where your group of players is assigned by a cult or church to do something, right? The church is sending this group. And one of them is a witch hunter, the, probably the leader of that group, right? Yeah. Um, it, there's an investigation. A murder happened. Excellent. A witch hunter. You could easily tie a witch hunter into that, right? Strongly believed that a witch was behind it. Yeah. Right. You could do a witch hunter's, I'm probably going to say this wrong, retinue? Yeah, retinue. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, basically, witch hunters will often get a group of, think of, in 40K, you see this a lot more with inquisitors, right? Like, inquisitors will have, like, all these, they'll use whatever tools they can find to fight chaos. They're, like, they're the people where the ends always justifies the means. It doesn't matter. Oh, I have to kill one chaos person, but I have to wipe out a, a five thousand population town to do it. Okay, I'll sleep like a baby. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that. So you could easily do like you know a storyline around that, or even a simple patrol. Like you know, witch hunters could get sent out on patrol. Go find chaos. Right. Yeah. Sure. So I'm yep. tagging along with this group of adventurers because they will inevitably lead me to chaos. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about a storyline where, uh, you know, if you're like a beginner witch hunter where you might have to, like your first assignment, you're going to a town, you may have some companions, you know, teaching you the ropes, but someone in town is kind of like a minor demon, someone who's not, right. he looks human, yeah. but he's not Yeah, murder right. mystery type of deal, you know, yep. get the ball rolling. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. So advancing into other careers. So what are some careers with good and bad synergy with uh, the witch hunter? I think one of the good ones would be uh, there's an obvious one a bounty hunter right, right. they have they they have a yeah. similar play style really you're you're trying to hunt down people you're trying to find people that have committed crimes or you know cast magic when they're not supposed to that one stood out investigator was another one that kind of thematically yeah. tied in together honestly any any career that you could I thought from a deep role-playing standpoint, any career that could easily be considered a criminal career, that you went from a witch hunter to a criminal, I feel like the mm. line isn't that – that's not that big of a jump. But um, also any – like really any of the warrior, fighter, anything that's a fighter-focused character Soldier. or a, a range class too. Like because some of the stuff you get access to with the, the range marksmen and stuff. Yeah. There's, there's so much – and even what you were saying earlier, right? Like at the high level, you could easily move into like a noble career yeah. or, or another very focused social character. Yeah. Yep. Once you have that influence, right? If by the time you reach Witchmaster General, you've taken right. down your sh- fair share of witches. Right. Yeah. So at that point, like you I- have the support of a whole town potentially. If you went into a town <laughs> and saved them from this uh, <laughs> yep. this cult or something, then hey. Your name's known. Yeah. Right. You're, you're going to be the new uh, magistrate of this town. Uh, but I do feel like the witch hunter will have to suppress his needs to not want to burn down the whole village because who knows how far the taint of corruption really gets right. to. Right, exactly. That's a, that's a good yeah. point. And to be honest, originally I thought, you know, bad synergy, maybe academic careers and stuff like that. But even then, how many lore careers do you get or skills do you get in this career as you're going along? It might not be the worst jump, depending on what you want to do with your character. So yeah. I don't think there's a lot say, of bad synergy. You get synergy. six lore. Yeah. yeah. That is a wealth so, of like, knowledge. You know, you know your stuff. 
by right. the time you get up to tier four. Yeah, right out of the gate, you know how to torture. So right, uh, what? Yeah. What else do you need? Well, you could go into any career with that knowledge. <laughs> yep. All right, so let's uh, let's take a look at our final thoughts here. So, just a, a brief summary of the career. It's we've talked about this at the beginning a lot, but it is a, a essentially cult or church supported, above the law in a lot of cases feared, judge dread. I really judge dread. I feel like very clearly or van helsing van helsing yeah. judge that just yeah, really those two together. yeah yeah i almost think like road warden fits better for judge dread but they have the same kind of the same kind of feel right that right. they this is the, but they're, they're above the law they can do as they please right but they're yep. but their their authority is essentially from the state army and they don't they just do laws they don't root out corruption so i That's feel true. like in a lot of ways the the road wardens are scary, but like you think about it, I have a witch hunter and a road warden that might arrest me. Who do you want to be arrested by? The road yeah. warden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say the uh, at they, least the road warden will give me a fake trial before they execute me. Yeah. These yeah, guys yeah. are exactly like Van Helsing, they fight creatures. And in fact, Van Helsing, wasn't he sponsored by the church? I like, think so. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, so it's per- perfect tie. So so what kind of players would most enjoy this career, you think? Uh, up close fighters that just want to be versatile with pistols. Close and fighters and probably people that like to role play. I agree. I agree. Good role players. The the one thing that I think you have to be careful with is power gamers. Um, someone that yes. is is a power gamer could use the in in universe lore of the the witch hunter is powerful enough that if you as a GM are playing it according to Warhammer lore, like that. Uh, that player has a lot of power that they could essentially now it, you could then you're ultimately your only way to bring that power to heal if it gets out of control is is pretty significant so i think you have to be careful there but the right player that's i don't want to say a mature player but a player that knows how to play a role-playing game but not puts puts the entirety of the game above themselves yes, right? because if, if they're yeah if they are so focused on just playing that character it could really i think it could sour things right yeah which is how every game should be played right, right. you should always I, I try to always put the game above myself but right uh yeah if you had if you had a player that didn't feel that way it could be it could get rough right so what are you guys final thoughts then go ahead go I ahead i love Nolan. the witch hunter this is like amazing like i said i've always been more of a close combat kind so you got, you know, charm, heal, intimidate. I can dual wield and, you know, be good at marksmanship. Like, I feel like the Witch Hunter would be a perfect class if I ever did get into an actual session with Warhammer. Yeah, one of the things that sticks out to me is that they are, the, the fact that intimidate is such a big thing for them, that they are, it, they're horrifying, right? right? Like a Witch Hunter comes in, they have a presence that you feel when they enter the room. And if you pick up some of those talents, it's it can it's a really frightening thing, I think, to be in the presence of a right of a, a witch hunter in the old world. And mechanically it fills so many roles. It can. In a pinch, yeah. the witch hunter there's not a lot the witch hunter couldn't fill if there was a hole in your party that somebody had to fill. The witch hunter probably has a way to do it. Yeah. And uh yeah. So Overall, I feel like, again, every single time we do one of these career things, 
it's awesome. Like, I don't know. Are we ever going to review a career? Or like, ah, I, I, I don't hope, like that. Yeah, I hope so. We'll see. Steve, what do you think? <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> um, my final thoughts is it's, it's, it's great. I, I think it's one of the easier role-playing characters that you could do for new um, role-playing users. Um, and it, it's great, you know, if you just stick with the first two, um, you know, the interrogator and witch hunter, just getting those talents and skills will set you up with a really nice base if you want to move over to soldier mm-hmm. or bounty yeah. hunter yeah. or something else. Um, and, of course, you want to move on, you get some, some interrogators and some witch hunter subordinates, which is pretty cool. But if you just do the first two uh, tiers, you're, you're going to be just set and fine for combat. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on. So there wouldn't be a need for witch hunters if there wasn't Uh -uh. witches in the old world. So next up, Steve, you and I are going to tackle the witch. Why don't you cover the basics? Oh, the witch. uh, If you want to look on page 108 in the rule book, pretty much the witch. uh, It is, if you're a magister, you were trained by the College of Magic. If you're a witch, you're untrained. So basically, you want to keep low. Don't let people know. Uh, if people do find out, be prepared to be arrested, taken to the college for formal training. If not, you're, you're on the run. Right. Yep. Yeah, so the only race that can be a witch is human. So this is a, this is a humans-only episode that we've got going right now. I feel um, like we're speciesists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So their advanced scheme, they start out just like the Witch Hunter. Weapon skill is right off the bat. Toughness is right off the bat, which means you've got a, a, a character that can survive pretty mm-hmm. well. Uh, and then willpower is also on there. Of course, willpower is what's needed for channeling. And uh, so that is an important one for sure. So right out of the gate, they start level one. They are a hexer and bringing in all sorts of money at brass one. <laughs> Skills, of course, channeling is on here. Language magic, which is their moneymaker. Cool, endurance, gossip, intimidate, sleight of hand, and stealth. So looking at those skills, you can tell right away that they are going to be good at trying to stay out of the limelight, right? Stealth rural is a big one. Sleight of hand. And, of course, channeling. So channeling is a huge one. That's going to be how you're going to be able to cast some of those bigger and uh, nastier spells. Uh, it brings us down to uh, second tier. Uh, you f- officially become a witch. Your brass. Well, let's, let's hit some the. Yeah. So there's the talents and things for the first level too. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Talents. Uh, criminal. One of my favorites. If you want to make some money. You, you and Matt <laughs> uh, both love that that talent. You can, but if you're kingpin, it counteracts your criminal. So something to think about. So we're criminal. You may look like nefarious with kingpin. It kind of dulls that down. So you're kind of more respectable. Criminal. Uh, there's instinctive diction, which is huge. Um, this is where if you double, how do you say it? Double yeah, so digits, uh, yeah, if you roll doubles on a on a miscast, that is, it does not count as a miscast. Which any time that you can limit, especially as a witch, because you're going to be right. you're going to be forced into rolling on the miscast table more often than not with a witch. So that is a huge one. Um, we have menacing, uh, in itself is nice. And then petty, petty magic, and this, this is why with like tier one, where, where the willpower is so important, because if you get petty magic, it's based off of your willpower bonus. Yeah. It's how many spells you get once you get that skill. So right away, if you have willpower bonus of three, you get to pick three spells with no extra cost, which is yeah. real nice. Yeah. And uh, you can learn more, too. Petty, the petty magic stuff obviously isn't, there aren't these huge 
world-ending spells, but they can definitely help in a pinch. Very, very helpful. Um, I think, believe it or not, Lance, cr- uh, I did not even touch Criminal for the this character that I really? wrote. Really? And I actually feel like... I'm as so a witch, surprised. Well, as a witch, <laughs> it, it's a way to make a little bit more money, but it's also a way to be more visible. Right. And I feel like as a witch, that is not what you want to be. Yeah. If you're true. a criminal, then you might get picked up by a road warden. You might be wanted for your crimes. And the more people that have eyes on you, the more people that might find out that you're a witch. So for me personally, and I hate to say it, I did not go criminal when I made my character. <laughs> Who but, are you? Yes. <laughs> I'm a witch in disguise. No, so instinctive diction is huge. That'll save you, you know, a tenth of the time on your rolls. Uh, and petty magic, I think, is a no-brainer, right? right Have right. some of those extra little spells, the ones that aren't quite so uh, horrifying if you miscast. Well, I guess you can miscast well, I, any, I, anyway, but... I don't know. Look at look at what happened yeah. to Lynn in the last episode. That's true. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to... The second tier, uh, which is the witch, they have brass two, and initiative is the skill that they can, or the characters that they can bump up. Uh, for skills, uh, we're we're looking at charm animal. Uh, I guess it's very helpful if maybe you're in the woods and you're around some bestial animals. They'll just be your friend, leave you alone. Uh, you have dodge, always helpful. Intuition, uh, melee pull arm. You can get perception and trade herbalist. I guess that's another route to make some money on your endeavors. But the melee pull arm, uh, that's going to be very helpful to at least you know start to get focused on one type of weapon. Right. Right. Well, that you uh, one of the trappings is a quarter staff, right. so that exactly. gives so you the ability right, right. to right. the bat. Right. Yeah, that helps. You don't have a melee or a combat skill at all on your tier one. Right, so, until right. you... This yep. is... mm-hmm. huh. So I, I, I found the, the charm animal. There's a few things on here that kind of can add up to to making a really cool witch character, right? So charm animal, you get at the second level. At the third level, you have the animal affinity talent that you can get. But even in addition to that, there are spells that, a lot of spells actually, that you can get that have effects with animals. Right. So if you wanted to focus on that as a character, you could do some really neat things. The talents you pick up at level two, again, are super important. The first one is Arcane Magic Witchery. So this <clears throat> lets you start to learn some of the bigger spells, some of the nastier spells right. that, that tie into witchcraft. Attractive, I think, is a great one. Sure Again, if you're, you know, it, in, in life, it tends to, it seems like people who are better looking may have an easier time making it through life. Steve. And, yep. Yeah, Steve, you're <laughs> the best looking one out of all of us. So you know exactly what we're talking about here. <laughs> But attractive is so potent because it's not based off your your success level. It can be, yeah. or you can use a single digit. So if yeah. it's a nine nine levels of success, that's huge. That's you get insane. Pretty much whatever yeah. you want yeah. to. Yeah, the one I find most interesting on this though is the witch talent. And mm-hmm. if you're playing a witch, I mean, I feel like you'd be hard pressed not to take this. So I'm just going to read witch out of the book, so we all have a, a strong understanding. Because really, if you aren't playing a witch, it's not super likely this talent's going to come up. So it's based off uh, the maximum times you can take it is your willpower bonus. And it says, you are a self-taught spellcaster who has figured out how to cast magic through trial and error. Add language magic to any career you enter. If it's already in your career, you may instead purchase the skill for 5 XP fewer per advance. Further, for the cost of a res- of resilience point, you may manifest and permanently memorize a spell from any arcane lore. You can do this a number of times equal to your level of this talent. 
So that means that you can wow. learn and yeah. memorize any spell. That is that is that's amazing. Amazing. Now it's a it's a hefty cost of a resilience point, and those things, as we all know, are like once or twice a campaign that yeah. they come along. But still, yeah, the spells, you can cherry pick. Yes, yes, and the. As we we haven't uh, we haven't done an episode yet on magic. When we do, that's going to oh, be yeah. super fun because yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are so many spells in here, and some so many that are so unique. Not just the the classic stuff like throwing a fireball or right. you know, uh, generating a flame in your hand or something. There are some awesome spells, and the fact that with this talent, you could take any spell you want. That's or, but, uh, that's I mean, really cool, and it it's thematic too, right? Because as a witch, you're not. You're not following a curriculum. You don't have the books. You're not in the uh, College of Magic learning all these things. You're tr- you're trying things, right? And maybe you heard about this spell through uh, right. through a, a fellow witch, or you or, found it in an old tome. Or a demon you, whispered it in your ear. Exactly. So that <laughs> just helps reinforce the witch as a as a yeah. thematic career as well. Uh, for trappings, like we mentioned, you get the quarter staff, a sack. Selection of herbs and trade tools, herbalist, which that all ties in with uh, your, of course, your your skill trade her, herbalist. You can make some money and little right. side jobs. Yeah, and th- you know those might also be ingredients for spells as right. well. Right, which is huge for a witch, by the way. Ingredients is one of the ways you can stop miscasts, and the witch is oh has so many problems with that. Yes, now, if you look at. Uh, well, I'm sorry. We're getting a little off task here, but ahead, we'll come yeah. back to that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Once you hit tier three, it is you become a word, which is spelled W-Y-R-D. I'd never seen or heard this word before. Is it like weird? I think it's weird. weird. I, everywhere I found it, it was word. I could be really? wrong, but yeah, that's kind of, I mean, I that like might just be different. Andy different Law, reach out. Let us know. <laughs> Um, the skills you get, uh, bribery. Oh, that's always helpful. Unfortunately, you're brass three, so, I mean, you can have to bribe, bribe with pennies. Uh, <laughs> charm, haggle. And, uh, charm and haggle are kind of skills that you can kind of already get by being human at the beginning. So you can just add on to that. Um, lower dark magic. There we go. That's when it starts to get a little darkness going on. For talents, animal affinity. Like you were saying, Matt. Just yeah. stacks on. Yep, you could tie that together with uh, some spells that that go along with animals. Fast hands, frightening, and magical sense are the other talents that you get. What I think the most important part about tier three is that you you can then start to upgrade your fellowship skill or your fellowship characteristic. So many things tie into fellowship. Uh, charm and haggle are both tied into fellowship. So finally, being able to upgrade that is going to be significant in uh in making a more well-rounded character i also feel like there's a point there's a couple points throughout here where you have to almost make a choice between one or the other right so tier one you can pick up menacing tier three you can get frightening or in tier two you can be attractive together those don't have don't make as much sense thematically necessarily but you could either go as like the classic troll looking witch who lives out in the woods somewhere, or you could be a, you know, the the witch who's attractive, who you wouldn't ever, you wouldn't think that they're, you know, going to be tied into chaos and with, yeah. (laughs) Yep. So at this point you also will have a a backpack, a cloak with pockets and a lucky charm. 
I will say as far as trappings go, which may be the easiest in order to get those trappings to level up because you're not, you don't have to worry about getting a, a silvered sword or a horse with tack and, uh, (laughs) and saddle. You just need a cloak, you know, sew on a couple more pockets and you're good to go to to be to be fair, at, at tier three, you're only at brass three, so even right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, you'll have to find other ways to right. to bring in some money. Yeah, even at best, you only ever get to brass five. So right, and that brings us to warlock yes. tier four. Um, you get to upgrade uh, your characteristic of intelligence. Uh, that's pretty important, of course. You know, it takes so long to upgrade intelligence. It's really important for a witch but there's other ways to work around it you know you got you can update uh your talents and skills mm. uh, to help uh you know do your magic but like matt said you're only at breast five so skills uh lower demonology and lower magic yep for the talents at this level you pick up luck which is always good having more fortune points. fortune is going to be Love huge that one the arrhythmic attunement this is one that is similar to instinctive diction but in this case, it's for channeling tests, where if you roll doubles, you're not going to get that miscast. Right. So very important there. You're also strong-minded, and you can be very resilient. And at this point, level four, the trappings are robes and a skull. Yes. So that is should, great. Shouldn't be too hard to come across those. Right. So here's the thing. With the warlock, I feel like when you look at the way the talents and the skills go, like you don't get intelligence until tier four where you can increase it right which is your money making skill it's your skill to cast spells right like that seems pretty dangerous but it so fits in with the theme here like the warlock is somebody that has actually survived long enough hasn't been that they haven't blown themselves up been dragged into the ether by demons or been killed by a witch hunter that like you you are very resilient at that point right it's not like you earn your way to warlock you just survive your way to warlock (laughs) yeah pretty much that's a good point it's like you're not that much richer you're just magically more inclined right you you've managed to not kill yourself so far there's no witch (laughs) business around the empire (laughs) yeah right yeah picking up plus five to your bonus or to your toughness characteristic is Mm -hmm. significant that affects a lot of things and then even strong-minded lets you add whatever your level is in strong-minded to your resolve pool those are all ways mm. to help mitigate the damage that's going to happen just by existing. That's a great as a witch. That's a great talent. The the resilience side of luck. So that brings us to what roles can this career fill? And we mentioned this a little bit when we talked about the witch hunter having weapon skill right out of the gate means that you are going to be able to be a decent fighter, a halfway decent fighter. Although I feel like their primary role is going to be more of a support character than as a I fighter. Agree. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the petty magic, I don't, here's the thing. To me, petty magic, having access to petty magic screams support. Is, yes. Things like that magic, there's so many good spells in there. Um, you know, like light, right? Like how many times have we yep. used that? Or sleep. Think about in our game, sleep, light, purify water. Like these are all, I mean, they're terrifying ways for you to accidentally almost kill yourself, but they're also so useful and they all have a casting number of zero. Yeah. So like, I really think anytime you have access to petty magic, you immediately become a great support character. Yep. As a witch, that, that I would say has to be the first talent that you take. Oh, I agree. Because the the variety of spells you can get from just that. And you can continue to learn more spells as you, you level. And as you, uh, yep. you know, as your uh, bonus goes up, willpower bonus. 
Yep. I, I, I think, you know, if you get a witch, you know, you want to really make sure you get the petty magic. So I would definitely advise to make sure your willpower um, has the highest success, or highest bonus yeah. level you can get right. it because yep. it really matters on how many spells you get for free right off the bat. Yep, absolutely. Uh, if it's four, you get four petty spells. It's amazing. I mean, you're talking about spells like eavesdrop. Yeah. You know, you can hear it in a room. Hey, so you and, know their plans. Yeah, um, and fire. There are some <laughs> some offensive yeah. uh, attack spells that are in there, too. Again, shock. Not, dart, shock. shock. Yeah. yeah. You stun an opponent. It's just wonderful. So Petty magic is so good. I'm definitely, it until is. you get to actual <laughs> magic, mag- magic, and even when, when you do, you're still not really a, a, a really good fighter unless you get, you know, you really stick with the pole arm and really increase your skills. Yeah. Uh, you're pretty much really a support role until, because yep. you, you still need protection. Right, yep. overall. And I, I really think that that stays until you get much farther down the road. Right. Once you hit tier three, that's when you can start pumping into fellowship. Again, that's when you could potentially fill more of a face role. And it's also going to de- be determined by the talents that you pick throughout the, the way, right? If right. you want to go um, picking up the attractive talent means that you're going to be way more likely to pull off a charm test, right. which yep. is a, a great skill to have if you're going to be a face character. Right. And I honestly think, so I think the witch is one of those careers where it really comes into its own at tier two. Like tier one is figure out exactly how you want this character to go, grab what you want, and then move up. Yep. Like don't stay there very long. Unless you want to build like a huge like list of petty magic, that would be the only reason I could think to stay in yep. tier one very long. Yeah, because that's true you don't get any sort of combat skill until tier two, right? You can't use uh, your tier two is initiative, right? Which can help you with casting spells because you need to get going quicker. And uh, perception too. Yeah. Perception. Like um, just the, in dodge, like you become in witch, the witch talent, the witch right? Talent. It's huge. That is just, I, so I had like, sure. It's a support level at one tier, tier two, it's you become a strong support character at yeah. tier two, I think. If, well, if, if until you until you heal, miscast and then right, well, that's you, yeah. you, you <laughs> open up the group, portal. Right? Yeah, we'll yeah. worry about that when we get there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so the uh, the lore witchery is really interesting. So casting anything from the lore of witchcraft, unless you're using an ingredient, you must roll on the miscast table. Right. I was, so yeah. that hammers home the importance of having ingredients, but also the risk that you have by just being, by existing as a witch. Right. And And we know firsthand, right? Lynn, our, our wizard character in our actual play, she had never rolled a miscast. And then when she did, she had to roll twice. And when she did, she got seven bleeding conditions. Like how quickly a, a single roll on that miscast table can go, can go awry. So as a witch, being forced into to doing that more often is a that's a slippery slope. Yeah, and I even think about right. So ingredients cost money, right? And the witch doesn't have an easy way to get that money unless through adventuring or whatever. So which is if you look at tier two, you get uh, perception, so you can easily perceive the herbs as you're going through the woods. Yeah, and it's easier. Right. Well, yeah. I don't I don't think it's so much herbs as it is like. It's you a, know, pulling the tongue out of a dead rat, right. you know, or like, like the yeah. <laughs> the the rules for ingredients are very specific in the magic chapter. You you essentially have to buy them. It, though I would argue you could probably convince a a GM 
to do otherwise. But it's like the yeah. casting number of the spell that you want to cast determines the uh, the cost of the right. ingredient. So it's like right. br- it's brass pennies equal to the casting cost, Something right? Like that, or the yeah. casting number. Yeah, so it, it can be expensive. Like you said, where witches are never going to have that much money. So nope. it's it's going to be more about foraging. It's going to be more about outdoor survival perception, like you said. And why, and why you need a cloak with many pockets, right? If you've got, there you go. If exactly. you need many ingredients, need many pockets. So how would this character fit into an adventuring party? What are some story hook ideas? Number one, fleeing from the law. Any group of adventurers you put together where you're fleeing from the law or trying to stay away from the law, which is a perfect fit, I think. Yeah. I think it's it's neat. It would be a neat idea to have a... You know, and really, if you have a a witch in your party, they're going to have to be careful, right? Especially if you come into a town where there's known witch hunters. That's one of the things you always have to be fearful of as a as a player who's playing a witch. That needs to be something that you are kind of nonchalantly asking about if there's witch hunters in town, or right. being able to identify one without going right up and asking, right? Things like that. Well, even legitimate wizards in the empire are in danger of being like mobbed and and burned at the stake. It is even more dangerous if you don't have that license from yeah. the from the magic guild for the few people that would actually care about that if you had it, right? So it's yeah, yeah. You could definitely do a storyline, you know, of 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 a witch maybe actually trying to get to the college, yeah, before you know yeah. a, a witch hunter that's actively just has a vendetta. Yeah. Right, reaches them. It's like yeah, home ground. I'm safe now. They're teaching me. Right. Yeah. Have a a witch hunter NPC be a a pursuing nemesis oh, that's yes. always there. That's that always great. like on your tail. That would be a, that would be a pretty fun. Yep. So some uh, uh, careers that have obvious good synergy. Anything else that does that deals with magic is going to yep. be an obvious one. Like a like becoming a wizard is a really that's right. a neat story arc to, to wizard, bring a right. legitimacy to what or, you're doing. Or heads witch too. Yeah. is a good one. Uh, mystic. I even thought entertainer could potentially be good because you yeah. are, uh, you know, hiding in plain sight kind of a thing. You know, people don't always like the circus n- notice freak the thing. juggler. Yeah. 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 Well, and thinking about the talents too, right? So you have sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. There are petty spells that let you move things around. So you could be a, oh, yeah, like a magician out on the street, conning people out of money by, you know, what's it? The three cups with the ball under it. What's that called? Three cups and a ball, or, or yeah, something. like or, or or like. I think there was a find the ball or something. Yeah, or like three card money, right? One of those games that's intended to, with sleight of hand, mm-hmm. intended to con people out of money, and you could use that to to great advantage. That could be a really money making uh, a way to to get some extra money too. So yeah, and then ones with bad synergy. I, I don't know. Could you have a? I, I guess I could see a really interesting storyline of a. a witch that reformed themselves and then decided to become a witch hunter potentially uh, w- yeah but go to villager right a warrior reason. yeah like, i don't get the impression that witches are ever would ever come out of that right they're so so deep into that bottom mm-hmm. tier bottom social level right right so even at their highest tier they're only getting brass five they're never going to have the kind of significance that they need to get into a career that's right. like an academic or they, uh, their talents mm-hmm. and everything their talents and skills don't really facilitate them to fitting well in a fighter or an academic career or like they really are 
maybe like a hunter or something like that something mm. that so any kind of rural on the edge of society they yeah. have a lot of those type of skills outlaw maybe outlaw yeah yeah like it's uh i don't know i don't think this one has a obvious good synergies outside of magic based yeah but not to say they wouldn't work yeah that's the beauty of this system yeah right yeah. if you can come up yeah. with the right story you can yeah you can make right. anything it could easy be like you start off with a witch you learn some spells become a rat catcher because they're the lower base still but yet you yeah. can kind of keep on upgrading your weapon skill that actually skill. sounds really good yeah. what, a, cool. what about a really attractive witch that marries into a noble, noble family, family. yeah and then oh, yeah. then there the the husband or wife ends up dying and now the witch is the one who's in charge of that sounds like a campaign right there yeah. buddy or the witch is a witch hunter. What got to be? I don't even think that'd be possible. But well, yeah, po- poses a witch hunter, hunter that can do some spells. That'd be interesting. Killing know. other witches, right? Ooh. Right. Ooh. The the end justifies the means, but but they are also like there is a, a high level witch hunter that's trying to hunt down, but they don't know it's them. Right? Who is it? Oh man, <laughs> a lot of a lot of cool lines. ideas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Story hooks. So what? type of player would most enjoy this career steve what do you think um i would think the player that's kind of played role-playing a little bit more than most because they're gonna have to be really careful yeah uh they're gonna have to keep their distance they can't just jump jump into a fight they're gonna have to use they're gonna have to make sure they they got some decent petty spells yeah so it's more of a thinking role not so much like barge in kick in the door yeah bar you know type of action yep I think because uh, you're going to have to role play yourself out of sticky situations, right? Exactly. Yeah. Charm, right? So, yep. uh, I you got to went... charm the GM with this career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I honestly think I I agree. A careful, yeah. Like or not even careful. A player who doesn't mind risk in, that's, in their that's their exactly. Character. I put down somebody who doesn't or likes being in stressful situations. Right, right. When you see yourself face to face with a witch hunter, or when you you accidentally miscast, or you, well, miscast or cast a spell, happen, and somebody yeah. else sees it, like you have to, yeah, got to understand how yeah. dangerous it could be to be this right. role. So, final thoughts, uh, Lance. You can just cut what I said last time, and the time before, and the time before, and the time before, because I would love to play a witch. <laughs> super, super interesting. I love the the talents, especially really bring that theme to life of this character and picking up some of those like witch and looking through. So when I made my character, I'll get a little bit ahead of myself here. When I made my character, I went through all the spells to find one that I was like, all right, that's the spell. Mm-hmm. And then I built my character around that. And you Perfect. could do that with a witch, yeah. right? Yep. Nice. So I can't yeah. wait to hear your character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what what are your thoughts, Nolan? I like it. I think this would be, like you said, somebody that likes to take risks, a little bit of uh, side, not side hustling, but like, oh, skirts from town to town. Uh, you know, my final thoughts on the witch. Um, definitely, I would love to start off with the witch, you know, to get my character going. Uh, with the petty spells, I would definitely, just the petty spells alone are nice to kind of get by. And then once you have your weapon skill, you can re- really beef on the weapon skill. And once you get the pole arm, you know, if you put enough skill points into it, you can be a beast. Yeah. Right. Casting magic and uh, busting heads. Plus, right off the bat, you know, with uh, the first career, you get toughness and willpower to add on to, which equals more wounds. Yeah. Uh, if, you do, if you do it right. 
Yeah, those. I mean, those are the two, right? Right. Exactly. That ties in with your uh, your petty magic with the willpower and as many spells as you get right off the bat. So, yeah, I think yeah. I th- starting off as a witch, you could just pick up some of those talents, those early talents mm-hmm. like uh, like petty magic, mm-hmm. and then then jump out, do that's, something else. You yeah. always have the you ability could. to cast some of these yeah. little that's not a bad little idea. spells here and there. Yeah. So my my final thoughts is that this is. This would be a super fun career, especially if you have a fun group and you realize, look, I'm going to cast this spell. And if I succeed, awesome. If I fail, awesome. Yeah. Like as long as your group is okay with that and you're okay with that, this would be a blast of yeah. a career to play. Absolutely. Because something interesting is always going to happen. All right, guys. I think that kind of wraps up. Um, we are ready for our build off. Okay, so now that our review is complete, we're going to put our creative juices to the test. We, your hosts, have each taken one of the two careers we've just described, and we've made a character in the hopes to outdo each other in a contest of coolness and creativity. Once we've received or uh, once we've reviewed our creations, we'll put them to the test and have you, the old worlders out there in the community, vote and tell us who wins the contest. All right, here are the rules. Each of us will be assigned one of the careers we reviewed. We must create a character using the normal character creation rules. In this case, two of us, Steve, you and I, are doing the witch, and Nolan and Lance are doing the witch hunter. In addition, once we've completed character creation, we receive 1,000 earned XP to advance our characters however we'd like. Now that we've created our characters, we'll present them, giving a little bit of background and taking you through the character creation process explaining why we made the choices we did. And then that's where you come in. You can follow the links that we're going to have uh, on our show notes, our Twitter, our Facebook. We'll have polls on, on our webpage as well. Get out there and vote. Tell us who you thought had the coolest character and then gets the bragging rights. All right, so uh, my character is Adamar Wagner von Holz. He is a human witch hunter, obviously. So Obviously, I rolled up. Uh, I got a human. Oh, surprise on my uh, <laughs> random. That's some free XP. I know, right? Some free XP there. Um, I had to choose a witch hunter despite my three rolls. I didn't get it. And uh, so I did up the random attributes as normal. Uh, and I rolled terrible. Like, I don't think I've ever rolled a character so bad. Um, my, my witch hunter started with like a willpower of 26 initiative of 29 31 agility 33 strength so i guess it's not super super bad but man just i didn't get any high numbers really Um, my highest number was a 38 fellowship but it was just that one anyway uh i went ahead and uh split my fate and resilience evenly got three and three and my motivation was going to be purify the taint of chaos and i'll explain that when we get into the character background a little bit I went ahead and took my five advances. I put one into toughness and four into willpower. Uh, so I could get my willpower up to 30 for a, for a witch hunter that felt important. <laughs> and then with my skills, I went ahead and took uh, my five advances with charm, cool, and leadership. Um, I was going, I'm going a little bit different direction with this witch hunter. Um, those are more uh, fellowship-based skills. Um, with my three advances, I took Laura Reichland, Melee Basic, and Gossip. Then, of course, my species talents, I have doomed, and my dooming is the moon will herald your doom. So 
I, uh, I like that one. Um, I got Suave, so I got my Fellowship bumped up. Lightning Reflexes, Night Vision, and Flea. So for career skills, I went ahead and just put five into everything. I just wanted to make sure I was ready to advance. Um, I wanted to get to the uh, to the Witch Hunter Tier 2 pretty much as quick as I could. And then I took Cool Headed for the talent to give me some bonus. Again, my characteristics were pretty rough. Moving on, uh, so I got all the normal class trappings. I won't go into all of those or whatever, um, except I just love Instrument of Torture. Yay. Did you <laughs> define that at all? Oh, no. Instruments of Torture? No. I left it nebulous. Um, yeah. I just feel like I feel like I can just go, oh, I'm going to reach in my bag and show my Instruments of Torture. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to define what it is. I feel like it's more It's like creepy. you walk out to your toolbox, open it up with your eyes closed, and just grab something. Right. And there you go. Yeah. So um, I didn't purchase any additional trappings. I, I rolled pretty low, and I didn't think it was important anyway. So I got my character details, 28 years old, 5 foot 11 inches, light brown hair, uh, brown eyes, and uh, short-term ambition. Um, I have well, I have a long-term and a short-term ambition. We'll touch those in a second. So let's talk about how I spent my uh, advancement. I uh, What I did is I did, went about updating my characteristics first off. All right. So um, I put uh, one, uh, I bumped my willpower up, I bumped my toughness up, and then I spent 175 experience to put seven into my weapon skill. I really needed to bring that up and I wasn't focusing on combat talents, so that was important. And put four into my toughness um, to, to bring those up. So now I finally have a weapon skill of 40. My toughness is 40. Um, so that's kind of what I was gonna be able to do. I gave myself read write as a talent and then I went ahead and bumped myself up to the witch hunter career or the uh, tier two witch hunter. And I went ahead and put five advances into ranged black powder, picked up the marksman talent, um, went ahead and put five uh, into my ballistic skill uh, to now bring my ballistic skill up to 45. And then I took lore witches uh, four times uh, and then put charm seven times for 160, intimidate twice, and then ride horse four. I mean, what I what I'm ending up with is a character here that doesn't isn't like super intensely good at any one thing except for charm. I end up with by the time I put all my fellowship and, and advances into charm, I have a sixty in charm. Um, other than that, my big numbers are really I have a forty eight in leader uh, in leadership and a ranged black powder of fifty. Potentially, my weapon skill is at a forty three, but it's not really. I'm a bit of a fighter, but I'm a charming fighter. And let me tell you how that plays into my character. All right, so Adamar was born into the Noble Holes family. Yes, the same family as Conrad. One of many brothers, Adamar knew he stood to inherit very little. So he spent his youth, as most of the Holes family did, drinking away his youth. That is until he met her. She was a visiting lady from Altdorf who was unlike any he had ever met. She was beautiful, but drank his brothers under the table. She was so fun, strong, and knew how to use a sword. She was pious and mysterious. He followed her as, he, as she left town and through great persistence and using that charm, won her heart. And then he learned that she was a witch hunter. He spent the next two years training under her guidance in, in both the sword and in Sigmar's teachings. His life was hard, but happy. 
until one day she asked the unthinkable. She had been poisoned by a chaos cult known as the Violet Flame, or the Violet Flame, and she was mutating, becoming a spawn of chaos. She asked Adamar to continue her life's work and to kill the corrupt, starting with her. Now Adamar travels the Empire, rooting out chaos where he can, and always looking for the elusive Violet Flame who forced him to do the first unspeakable act, kill his beloved, and now no one, no one, the emperor, entire cities will stand in his way to bring chaos to heal. Dang, brother. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> All right. That was my best shot, but I'm scared. I'm not going to lie. You guys, uh, so who's next? I'll go next. Okay. Let's hear it. All right, so I rolled up a witch. Her name is Lorelei Baxter. So going through character creation, lo and behold, I did roll up human, so I was able to snag that extra 20 XP. <laughs> I would have been real disappointed if I didn't. I'm right. be honest. <laughs> I rolled up a no. What the heck? Of course I rolled in health. <laughs> yeah. So the I didn't get the XP for the starting career. With attributes, Lance, I had the opposite. So I rolled incredibly well. Nice. For my starting characteristic or my starting uh, yeah attributes, I only had two characteristics that were below thirty, Jeez. including a forty, a natural forty, a thirty-eight, a thirty-seven, and two thirty-fives. So I rolled incredibly well, which made it easy. I did go ahead with the option to move that around a little bit, really specifically to put fellowship have fellowship be my forty characteristic. Oh, okay. Um, having Ooh. it that high was huge. That's smart. Yeah. For toughness, I put that at 38, and my willpower was at 37. Specifically so, I could get, for my first five characteristic advances, I bumped up toughness to be at 40 and willpower to be at 40. That way I'd have a huge ton of wounds, and having that willpower bonus at four is huge for, uh, for the witches. So moving on. I had mentioned earlier that one of the things I I wanted to focus on with this character was a specific spell. Mm -hmm. And so I went heavy with things related to animals. So my first skills with five advances are animal care, charm, and cool. And then the three advances are melee, basic, gossip, and haggle. The species talents, I picked up I've doom as a human, of course. And her dooming is when you succeed, you will fail. Yes, that's so good. Uh, Took Suave, of course, because boosting that fellowship is going to be huge. Uh, And then the random talents were Sixth Sense, Supernumerate, and Animal Affinity, which I rolled, which I'm happy I rolled, Mm -hmm. so that was 100 XP I didn't have to spend. And then I dropped five into all all of my starting characteristics, uh, or skills, I'm sorry, just to get up to be able to advance, of course. First talent I took, Petty Magic. There was no hesitation or question that that was the way I needed to go. I didn't do anything crazy with what, the... What spells did you get? Oh, I'll get to that. Oh, okay. We'll get enough. to that. Okay, okay. Uh, so class trappings, standard stuff uh, as for a rogue, pouch, dagger, you know, a hood, clothing. Career trappings were some candles, chalk, a doll, and pins. So again, nothing mm-hmm. too wild. I didn't go out of my way to buy anything. I only really technically had some brass pennies, so I... I uh, just kind of left left that alone. Um, so she is 24 years old, is five foot four with light brown hair and hazel eyes. Her short term ambition ambition is to study the lore of beasts, and her long term ambition is to murder her father. <laughs> we'll get to oh. that in a second. 
So overall, as far as spending experience, I wanted to, it was nice that I didn't have to spend a lot on characteristic advances because they were so high to begin with. I did put a couple in there. By the end, my willpower is at 45. Fellowship is at 45. Toughness is at 40. Again, hitting those bonuses was pretty important. Picked up, added uh, some to Sleight of Hand, to Stealth Rural. I picked up the Instinctive Diction talent so that I could minimize the pain of (laughs) miscasts. Right. Jumped up to level two, bumped up uh, Perception a little bit, gained the Arcane Magic Witchery talent, got the Attractive talent, the Witch talent, uh, and then added a couple to Charm Animal and my Melee Polearm skill. And one of the big ones was memorizing the Creeping Menace spell. That was one of the spells that I, I thought would be pretty important. So all things told, I am rolling high for a lot of things. A lot of the important ones, channeling, for example, uh, between the willpower characteristic and the advances for that skill, uh, I'm rolling 50 or higher, 40 or higher for animal care, language magic, sleight of hand, stealth rural, charm, Charm Animal are both at 50, Cool is at 53, Gossip is 53, Haggle is 48. The spells that I went with, so for the Petty Magic spells, I picked up Animal Friend and Produce Small Animal. That'll tie into the backstory a little bit. Again, having the talents, having the skills, it made sense to go with those. And I definitely wanted to have at least a basic magic uh, offensive spell as well. So I picked up Dart for that. Sly Hands was the other one. That's the one that lets you teleport small objects into your hand. With the Witch Talent, I picked up the Flock of Doom spell, which lets you call forth a murder of crows to uh, pester and attack an area that you are channeling them to. And then for my uh, lore witchcraft or witchery skill talent, I picked up Creeping Menace which calls forth a swarm of slithering creatures to harass your foes. I see what you did there. Again, it all kind of ties into yeah, the yeah. same thing, which yeah. is... Which the, is awesome. Very the, creepy. The character's backstory. So I wrote out uh, like a whole mini novella here. So here we go. <laughs> Loralee Baxter is a bastard-born daughter of a noble father and a servant woman named Myneria. Loralee and her mother lived in a small house in the forest in the northwestern region of Zonstadt. From a young age, Lorelei loved animals. Whether it was squirrels or rodents or crows and songbirds, she always loved caring for and training animals. It wasn't long before Lorelei began helping her mother serve the local noble family, cleaning, cooking, laundry, etc. Lorelei frequently asked about her father, but her her mother wouldn't say anything about him. On her 16th birthday, Lorelei was walking through the woods when she heard a commotion coming from the town. She ran to see what was happening and was horrified to see her mother standing at the gallows with a noose around her neck. Through the screams, Lorelei could only hear a few words. Hang her. Witchcraft. Caught stealing. Sentenced to die. Then it happened. Lorelei couldn't look away, watching the final breaths her mother would ever take. Lorelei ran. She ran and ran and ran and ran. She eventually made it to a clearing in the forest. It was here that she met... Ermina the Crow, a witch. Lorelei told her what had happened, and Ermina told her that she could give her the answer she was looking for. Ermina brought Lorelei into her hut, gathered some ingredients, and began an incantation. Within a minute, there was a bright flash of light that blinded her. 
When Lorelei's sight returned, the body of her mother was laying before her. Ermina told Lorelei to stay calm as she was about to cast another spell, this one called Dying Words. Ermina cut Lorelei's hand to gather some of her blood. The witch began to channel the spell, and before long, Lorelei could feel her mother's presence. Quick, child, said Ermina. She won't be here long. What happened, mother, said Lorelei. A man, a noble, a witch hunter. He claimed I was a witch. He knew I wasn't, but he's wanted me dead for years. He didn't want his wife to find out about you. Who did this to you? Why? gasped Lorelei through tears. His name, his name is Adamar Wagner von Holz. Lorelei's mother began to fade away before she was gone forever. But before she was gone forever, she whispered, he's, he's your father. And just like that, she was gone. Romina put her hand on Lorelei's shoulder and said, come with me, child. We have much to discuss. And that is how Lorelei became a witch. Slow Turns out class. Mr. Adamar Wagner von Holes is not quite as uh, pure as, as pure hearted as they seem. <laughs> we knew it. Nice. All right, Stephen Nolan, who wants to go next? Who wants to follow um, that? I'll follow okay. that because why not? <laughs> So I did not roll up a human. Oh, no way. Wow. I got a 91 on my creation. And I was like, oh, so I unfortunately have to give up the experience. Wow. <laughs> I don't think yeah. that's ever happened. I want to be. Uh, that is incredibly unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I thought I did roll pretty well. I got a 35 in weapon skill, a 39 in toughness. Uh, my two lowest rolls are at 25, and that is intelligence and toughness. But most of them are high-end 30s. But I decided, you know what, I'm just going to keep it like that. Uh, my motivation is eradication, which uh, I'll explain more in my character. Cre- sorry. I took the whole five advances into weapon skill so I could boost that to 40. And then for my species skills, I put five advances in leadership, melee basic, and cool. And then my three advances in lower right, the ranged bow, and gossip. Since I am a human, I get doomed, and mine was surrounded. I take my last breath. Oh, that's a good good one. Um, I took swab. So for that, and then I got for my three random, I got artistic, craftsman, and ambidextrous. Nice. Okay, those all kind of are uh, so, know, tying uh, together. I really, yeah, I'm gonna be pushing for melee combat. For the careers, I just uh, put five in all careers so I could level up right away. And then for my career t- talent, I took resolute. Okay. So the class trappings and the career trappings. I did actually write for my instrument of torture. It was a, a, a garret. I think it's called a garret. I think it's garrote, maybe. I could be or, wrong. Gar- that's it. I think it's a garrote. So for the uninformed, ma- mainly me, what's a garrote? Uh, it's basically like a wire that you wrap around somebody's throat and strangle them. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so it like, could could be like ra- razor wire yeah, or yeah, like yeah. Uh, bladed somehow. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Okay. Cool. So I mean, it's basically they're uh, used for a term of execution, but you can use them for torture. Right. Like how early you're you mentioned and bleed to death. You mentioned that you like to be up close. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to see that now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my character's name is actually is Artur Nacelle. Uh, my short-term ambition is to root out a chaos cover. And my long-term ambition is to be venerated by the Grand Theologist. Oh, very good. Like, I know, like, that's, like, a mega ambition, but no, it's, like... that's awesome. Th- like, I want to be, like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I look at long-term ambition. That should be, like, essentially your end-game goal, right? When you mm-hmm. hit that, you could just retire the character and, and pull in someone new. Yeah, so I took for my now for my extra experience, I took uh, read and write. I leveled up to a witch hunter. I took two of dual wield. Mm-hmm. I took five advances in melee basic, so I could get that up to a fifty-three. And then I took uh, another talent in ambidextrous to get rid of the penalty. The minus 10. Took 10 skills, advancements, and uh, trade art. And then my last was uh, three advances and weapon skill. Very nice. So I basically took my guy like, hey, I'm going to be up in the thick of it. Well, I love that you took, you went with trade art to tie into those, those talents that you picked up. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Artur grew up in a small village. He had a small knack for artists and would usually take and draw wanted posters for local criminals. However, he had a secret hatred for the criminals and all things tainted. He believed that they all should perish lest they taint their ways into the innocent folk. He set up for Aldorf as soon as he could to become a witch hunter. He rose to the ranks with hatred in his eyes, for he knew that all things must be eradicated, lest they destroy the empire. When he was given the prophecy, surrounded I will fall, Artur laughed, knowing that if I must fall in battle, I will not be going alone. That is Artur Nassel. Awesome. Awesome, man. Very cool. uh, Great job. Man. I mean, you guys are giving me some hard competition, and Steve hasn't even gone yet. I don't even know. What, I don't. I don't know. They stand a chance here. All right, for my character, uh, I rolled a human. I got the plus twenty experience points. That was nice. <laughs> so I, I obviously didn't roll the witch. Uh, I lost experience points for that. I uh, needed an eighty-eight. Just didn't get it. Uh, for attributes, I rolled randomly. Uh, surprisingly, I kind of got the middle mix. Nothing too, nothing above 35, but nothing below 27. So it all kind of just balanced out. Weapon skill 30 or 27, ballistic skill 30, strength 28, unfortunately. Uh, toughness 35, uh, initiative 35, agility 32, dexterity 31, intelligence 35, which was nice. Uh, willpower 27, uh, fellowship 29. So uh, I got the plus 50 experience points for generating the attributes randomly. Uh, his motivation is basically to get rich, at least enough to retire somewhere and disappear. Uh, he knows what he is, a witch. Uh, I'm just trying to make that coin and disappear into the, the frontier land somewhere. 
So opposite of Matt's character then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the advanced characteristics, I put all five of them into weapon skill. Um, I do want him to be at least a decent fighter somewhat. For the special skills or the species skills, um, I put five into range bow, um, melee basic, and evaluate. I chose the three advances into charm, gossip, and haggle. For talents, uh, of course, human, we got doomed. I put for uh, my dooming, uh, the spell, I guess, was too powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love uh, how the doom was unsure. Like, maybe, I I guess. I I guess uh, I'm missing half my body. Um, I I chose savvy, uh, the plus five intelligence. I managed to roll up animal affinity. (laughs) <laughs> which uh, you can get on the third tier. Uh, but basically, uh, a- any animals with the bestial trait, uh, it calms them, and they won't attack you. Uh, I happen to roll attractive as well. And I also rolled a pitch, or perfect pitch, uh, mm. which is intelligence bonus to magic. And you also get the entertain sing skill at the same time. Nice. Uh, for the career skills, of course, we get the... I, I-, I chose to put five advantages in all eight of them. So, of course, it's channeling, cool, yeah. endurance, gossip, Intimidate, language magic, sleight of hand, and stealth. Uh, for my career talents, I chose criminal because that's how I roll. <laughs> Picking up where I left off, I see. Nice. <laughs> my character's name is Kruger, or at nighttime he goes by Nightlord when he dons on his mask. Uh, he's 23, 5 foot 8, brown hair, gray eyes. His short term ambition is to avenge a fallen comrade, an old fr- friend of his. I just happened to be caught in the wrong situation. His long-term ambition, um, he wants to make money but kind of lay low. Uh, so he wants to own an inn to get some income in the background. So as far as the overall character creation, I had 70 bonus experience points. So, of course, 1,070. Um, I chose to get another five advantages in toughness, uh, another five advantages in willpower. Uh, that uh, finalized that's what I needed for the next uh, advancement. I chose the Petty Magic Talent for 100 points. I had a willpower bonus of three, so I chose three spells. Uh, The three spells I chose were Shock, uh, which stuns an opponent. Magic Flame, uh, if I need fire or light, or need to light something on fire, there we go. (laughs) And I got Eavesdrop. I just figured, you know, uh, him wanting to own an inn and just kind of, he's a criminal too. It'd be nice to hear what your opponents or what people are saying by not being close by. Also might help my, my group out. I also kind of, I got the rest of the talents in the tier one. I got menacing, instinctive diction. I got six cents, or actually I, I then bonused or went up to the career to witch. Um, after that, I got six cents. And after that, I kind of, I wanted to really focus on magic, my language magic. So I put in another 10 into that. And that pretty much, Wrapped up most of my experience points. I put in another five points into Intimidate. Brought it up to another 10 advances. And I spent just 40 on Entertain Sing just to boost that up just a little bit. Mm. So basically, my character, he was born grumpy. He's just not a good egg. (laughs) He's a bad apple. He's never wanted to be too good. He's basically just really doesn't want to work, but he has to. Like I said, his main goal is to make some money and disappear uh, whatever way he needs to. But basically, Kruger, when he was young, he he noticed that he had some special abilities when he was young, but he was smart enough to hide it. 
But since he's nefarious, he's used those to do nefarious things and boost his career. And he decided he wanted to be just a, a, a bad guy, too. So based <laughs> off of how he looks, he's attractive, he's charming. But at the nighttime, he dons on his mask, which I chose instead of the hood. I chose a mask mm-hmm. for his trappings. That's so cool. he goes That's by neat. Night Lord. So he's kind of a, a smaller tiered criminal, but wants to work his way up. Uh, and will use his means and his special skills and is smart enough to hide them to get to that means. Very cool. And right now he's currently around Zonstadt somewhere. <laughs> We're fleshing out NPCs for our campaign every time we yeah. do these. <laughs> and that is Kruger slash the Night Lord. Very nice. All awesome. right, those are our characters. Again, there are polls posted on our webpage, on Facebook, and Twitter. Be sure to vote and tell us which character you like the most. For tonight's episode, we don't have a listener's question segment, but we still definitely want you to send those to us. So, Steve, how can somebody get us listener uh, questions for future episodes? There are several ways where you can reach us at Twitter at Old World Podcast, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Old World Podcast, and of course by email, questions at oldworldpodcast.com. Excellent. Okay, so that's the end of our show tonight, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you continue to find the careers as awesome and as exciting as we have found them. And I can tell you every time we do these episodes, I find more things I love about this system. Yep, and more characters that I would be hesitant to, you know, tackle if I rolled it. But now that I've, I've looked into it, I, mm-hmm. man, anything. Yep. Witch, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually, I like the witch hunter, but like as you guys are describing the witch and all that, I'm like, dang, this is a cool. Yeah, the opportunity to get spells from anywhere. Mm. You know, it's almost, uh, you yeah, start to think nice. like, uh, sometimes I wish my mayor character would die so I could just get a new one. Yeah. <laughs> right. So in our next episode, in our next discussion episode, we have, I feel like I constantly say this, we have several things in the pipeline. So as we're, uh, you know, certain guest hosts and things like that schedules are trying to lock down so we have a couple things that are potentially coming um we also have some additional career episodes coming up too so we'll see what we're going to do next when that comes along so just be on the lookout uh more episodes coming soon so intrepid listeners keep in touch let us know your questions feedback and even show topic suggestions you can contact us multiple ways by checking out our website www.oldworldpodcast.com Twitter at Old World Podcast and Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Old World Podcast. Uh, while you're checking us out on the various social interwebs, be sure to hop on over to our Patreon page and support us. If you like what we're doing and want to help out, become a patron. For only a couple of dollars a month, you can help support the show and get some cool rewards too. Check us out at patreon.com forward slash Old World Podcast. Also, let us know what you think. Visit iTunes or your preferred podcast service and rate us. Every review helps us reach even more Warhammer fans. All right, so this is Lance saying good night, and may the witch hunters find interest in your neighbors instead of you. This is Matt reminding you to be kind to people. You never know if it's a witch in disguise. This is Steve. Remember, just because you miscast doesn't mean it can't be fun. Mrs. Nolan saying, if there's a witch hunter in town, you better be on his good side. <laughs> this podcast and related website are completely unofficial and are not endorsed by Games Workshop Limited or Cubicle 7 Entertainment. It is intended for educational and informational purposes only. 
GW Games Workshop, Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, and all associated logos, illustrations, images, names, creatures, races, vehicles, locations, weapons, characters, and the distinctive likenesses thereof are registered trademarks of Games Workshop Limited, Cubicle 7 Entertainment, or their respective trademark or copyright holders. All original content of this podcast, including any audio or video information, is the intellectual property of the Old World Podcast and Crimson Tower Studios, LLC.